Hello friends, welcome back. Um, this one has been a long time in the making and uh, kind of a little bit of um, a, uh, a marker for, for the scare view as uh, we've actually covered season one two years ago. That's right, it's been two years. We've been dying for this David Fincher. Yes, Fincher, Finchner, Fincher, something. One of those, one of those three, essentially, it's finally out, it's done. Guys, go grab your Xanax, here we go. Um, and be aware, there is going to be a lot of spoilers. If you are hoping to watch the series of Mindhunter, um, essentially, do so now. Do not listen to this podcast till it's over, because we are going to cover some big, huge spoilers. But essentially, for those of you who have watched the series and, you know, basically need your thoughts to be compiled into logical sense. This is the podcast for you, essentially. That is what I've tried to do, is take this season, because at the end, I was just so overwhelmed. So, just, so many things firing off at once. <clears throat> essentially, I needed somewhere I could reach out to. And who better than, of course, you lovely listeners. Love each and every single one of you. So, that's right. Mindhunter season two, today's topic. Can't wait to can't wait to get into it. And um, I also just wanted to essentially, you know, kind of just go over things I liked, you know, maybe perhaps even things I hated, perhaps we hated, um, and, uh, you know, cover some cool factoids along the way and perhaps even look at where the show is going. Um, you know, because season two, whew, once you pop one of those episodes, you just don't stop. It is, it is just that damn freaking good. It is just, oh, it was wonderful. Anyways, without further ado, let's quickly listen to the official trailer. January 1974. They just moved in two months prior. A partner and I were first on the scene. He was feeling for a light when something bumped him. That's when we found the little girl hanging from this pipe. I found someone to take over who will be very good for the BSU. He wants to expand the unit, and he intends to make our approach practice. Tell me, who's the one you want more than anything? Manson. I'll get you, Manson. This is $100,000, and it's all yours if you help us identify the persons behind the murders of our children in Atlanta. Another child reported missing in Atlanta. I'm sending you both. I want you there for the duration. To all these children, one kill. I believe that to be the case. It's statistically rare for serial killers to cross racial lines. It's also statistically significant that the Klan kills black people. You're getting out of there. If he blows this, gun will rethink his investment. I'm asking you as the leader of your department. What did Holden say that so offended the city? We need to stay focused. If you're distracting... I have some things to deal with at home. It's personal. She had someone else's underwear stuffed down her throat. It's 10.30. Do you know where your children are? This is one predator. What if you're wrong? I'm not. Arrogant, self-serving twerp. We can't have tunnel vision. What evidence is there to suspect the clan? Son, we've got 19 dead black children. You telling me that's a coincidence? One more thing. Manson is small. Like, really small. Try not to stare. That's right, guys. It was tense. Uh, well, you should know. You watched it. Either way, I got to start off. I loved the little, like, leeways into BTK. Uh, bind him, torture him, kill him. Uh, just 
He's one sick fuck. He just, he literally is. So I just love these little sidelines. Um, just basically show you what kind of an elusive, like, asswipe he was. Um, you know, it just, it was just perfect. Um, and essentially we're going to get into what these little sidelines mean for those of you who don't really know a lot about true crime. Um, and those of you that do, this will just be a simple little kind of review. <laughs> First off, Bill Tench, Holden Ford. Um, you know, just I absolutely love this. The opening of the BSU. Um, you know, and essentially we kind of saw in season one, Ford losing focus, the panic attacks, you know, and right as Kemper says, you're my friend and the hug total collapse and that's exactly where we pick up loved that um at the same time we can see uh you know that for tension his family things are starting off pretty good but i have to say and we'll get into it the character development going on there it was mint um <clears throat> essentially for the bsu the, itself we're seeing a lot of struggle um you know essentially it's it somewhat on its way but at the same time um definitely still has a lot to prove and essentially Holden is you know under the assumption that his boss retired and we see of course this isn't the case it was actually his fuck up that caused him to retire so there's no other way to put it and that scene is pretty intense the whole like back and forth but it seems to humble Holden through this series um I don't know if you guys agree with me it just seemed to kind of pull the Holden back that we originally saw but at the same time I just think Holden has some interesting uh, interactions with human beings. I think it's just, it's hard for him to come by. Um, and that's just why he relates to those who also are, you know, serial killers. They don't ha relate well to people. So I just think that's why there's that connection. Um, but either way, BSU has a new boss. Um, and he is just absolutely in love with the work, love the idea, and wants to make this standard practice. But at the same time, we learn that he's got tension on a short leash and that an even shorter leash on Ford. And essentially, you know, if there's any screw-ups, he needs to be alerted so he can basically catch things on. And we do see how his reaction is. And I gotta say, he's kind of a spooky man. I definitely do not want to be on his bad side. So um, all of this, what do I think it means essentially for Ford, for Holden? This is, you know, basically linking up the metaphor of staring into the abyss because the abyss stares back. Now, um... <clears throat> for uh one of my absolute favorite parts had to be the serial killers i just thought it was so cool so amazing as son of sam david berkowitz that interview manson was just unfucking remarkable it was an unforgettable appearance um dean coral uh and elmer wayne henley i really enjoyed this concept um not a very well-known serial killer which kind of blows my mind because it is a fucked up case it really is um and of course another bizarre twisted focus of events um and our main focus for the show the child of atlanta murders um and we'll get into this one 28 murdered murdered and missing children i mean it it just blew my mind how and this is completely true the entire timeline for this case at least i'm very big majority of it I'd say 95% um essentially it just kind of blows my mind how long it took anyone to even care or listen um and it just it wasn't till pure desperation after about 11 kids that our FBI dives into things um and we basically are going to see this perspective between 1979 to 1981 um and essentially 
the FBI, we got Holden Tench brought in. Holden's right off the bat with his um, accepted profile. But in reality, this is not going to be accepted very well due to the fact that we're in Atlanta, Georgia, trying to deal with the whole real issue of racism. Um, something still active today. And I thought um, the directors, the writers did such a good job kind of like tying in the issue of racism and just it, it just seems so relevant even with today's issues going on. It was just very well done. Definitely made one kind of focus on things. <clears throat> now, while we're dealing with this awful case going on in Atlanta, we're seeing the side stories going on with Wendy's love life. I had to say, I absolutely love Wendy coming into her own character, defining herself. It just, it, it truly meant something. Um, it, and it was just good to see at the very end where she, you know, finally got her legs and just, you know, was able to define herself and in the moment and claim what she wanted. And that's essentially this whole character artwork arc we're going to see for Wendy this season. And even in work, she's going to start to ask um, for more and, you know, kind of define her role a lot better. Now, um, Bill, uh, his family life, things are basically going to shit, um, for lack of a better word. Brian, his son, is caught early um, in the murder of a, of a young toddler. And essentially, we see his wife, Nancy, start off in the beginning bright, shiny, optimistic. And by the end, she is just a complete wreck, smoking cigarettes, you know, drinking harder liquor, you know, just kind of completely destroyed and it all goes with the idea of is it essentially nature versus nurture um biological you know the fact that brian's adopted was it them you know whatever the case may be and this theme's going to be explored for them throughout the the entire show as we see bill which i really enjoyed coming to his own and actually kind of to explore his feelings something for him, which is quite hard for him to do. Um, you know, it just, you pick up on that very early. Now, the theme of this entire series, picking up definitely heavy on the nature versus nurture, as I said, through Bill's um, home life. Um, and uh, of course, one of our favorite parts as viewers, the um, just the psychoanalysis of all of our serial killers. It's just, it's so cool. It's so interesting. And it's just, absolutely fascinating. <clears throat> the same time though, for those of us that absolutely love it, uh, we see Greg who obviously has an interest in the field. He wants to be part of the team so bad, <clears throat> but at the same time, um, he gives us the viewer what it's like to be a quote unquote normal person um, and basically be talking to a serial killer. You know, his, for lack of a better word, as Bill puts it, his shitting on the rug um, kind of gives us an idea of what can occur for a normal person just kind of dealing in those situations. Now, that being said, one of my favorite situations, for <laughs> one of those favorite conversations, uh, Harryman as Manson, it just he's the best choice after playing Manson um, in Once uh, Upon a Time in in Hollywood, um, and uh, just in Mindhunter, just love that kind of pickup. But at the same time, it, it's a total different podcast. I could switch off on this, but um, his description of playing the two different Mansons is really fascinating. I highly recommend looking that up uh, after you're done listening. Now, uh, of course, um, the uh, little clips we get um, from each one of these serial killers uh, essentially 
vibe of the show. I feel like it's completely summed up very well with Manson. Um, particularly why we see Holden being his typical self, standing as Manson approaches like he is royalty. Bill losing his temper mid-interview because Manson, of course, just being total Manson. Um, and, uh, of course, the show moves on um, to follow uh, Holden um, trying to prove his profile for the Atlanta child murders, what he saw, what he believes. And at this point, well, through the show, it's just through unbelievable turmoil um, and true events, uh, essentially, that we discover Wayne Williams and the tossing the body off a bridge discovery of fibers, the dog hair, or dog fur in the car, all of this essentially leading to him. Now, of course, they didn't essentially have everything to hold him right off the bat. And Williams was one fucked up individual. I mean, he followed the news reports, you know, once they found out about the fibers, he started using the river. And of course, that's how Holden was able to lead into things. It just altogether one messed up dude um and uh not even a dude just one messed up fuck um he uh moves on um essentially once they you know they don't have anything to arrest him so he moves on they are able to arrest him later on once the body's found and there is the sense that he could flee and uh it all boils down to essentially the only justice being served in this entire crime, all of these missing children's children is William actually only killed. Well, he killed two adults alongside these kids and essentially, um, it, it just, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just speechless with the fact that he was never tried for any of these. They didn't have enough quote unquote evidence to do so. The burning of the garbage, um, essentially that is just created for the show. Williams also didn't, kind of put on that whole spectacle in front of the uh, mayor's house although he you know did elude officers and there was kind of a a little bit of back and forth but essentially with his press conference but it just kind of it goes to show how terrifying you know the idea of justice and um basically you know the Sorry, completely lost my train of thought there. Essentially, the whole idea of politics and justice and another main theme throughout the show. It it just main theme to the show and a true part to this case, which just breaks your heart. Now, um, I do have to say when Bill and Holden, though, were quote unquote made, I I just lost it. It was absolutely hilarious. Now, um, Williams did uh failed his lie detector as well during that that time just another kind of add to the whole case against him <clears throat> now by the end the fbi is returned to glory and um, but our poor uh children's family received no justice as i said and holden kind of can't really stomach that um and essentially at the same time it's something he can't control uh this just something the fbi doesn't do so at the end he just appears completely unhappy i mean this is all he put his entire life into this and he's you know realizing that it's not as glory glorified as he thought it could be bill we see his marriage is over his wife uh and nancy brian they've moved um and essentially we have to see where bill is going to pick things up in season three wendy of course she's alone you know but at the same time she's gained independence she is happy to be here and she's just moving on you know realizing what she wants and and that's it and you know essentially you know good for her you know that's just it was just very it was 
was very well done in a t- in an era of Me Too, at least so I thought. <clears throat> and of course, beginning with BTK, we end with BTK. Self-asphyxiating in the motel um, with his classic setup. And of course, interesting enough, the little shrines to each of his victims. Um, leaving another main theme, control, manipulation. It, it just runs throughout the entire series. I mean, we look at each of the serial killers individually. Son of Sam, desired control. I mean, at one point, we hear that he hated that the papers called him the forty-four caliber killer. And, you know, sent a letter call me son of Sam. Dean Coral Jr., I mean, that whole dynamic of child and predator, it is the whole idea of control and manipulation. Um, Manson, I mean, controlled a group to make people kill other people. How, you don't get any plainer than that. Um, and just finally, Wayne, the whole killer dynamic, he craved control. Altogether, one fucked up dude. Now, um, as I had also said, we're dealing with trying to stomach politics and justice. Another thing that just sadly runs into today's realm in the news, which is also hard to stomach. Um, And we end with the note that those children still remain unsolved. Uh, It's just absolutely alarming. So hopefully this will bring some sort of light to it. Perhaps maybe see some justice in the end. Now, um, I have to say all together, summing this up, absolutely loved this show. Um, it just was altogether perfect. I cannot find really anything negative to say. Perhaps maybe just there's never enough Holden and Bill Wendy moments. Um, and of course, there's never enough criminal um, psychoanalysis. I just absolutely love that part of the show. So, uh, guys, thank you all for listening. Without you, it, none of this is possible. Um, love each and every single one of you. Uh, and of course, if you like what you heard, have some, uh, review, you know, want to leave a review, essentially reach out on whatever platform you are using, um, to listen to this podcast. And of course, want me to cover a topic, have an idea for me to improve on what I'm currently doing, send me a message on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, guys, keep calm, stay creepy.